0: What up, people? It is Sunday, February 20th. My name is B. Hill, and it's the Just My Opinion podcast, so let's talk. Uh, Since the last podcast, we had the Super Bowl. Um, Really good game, although I was going for Cincinnati, I wasn't upset that the Rams won, so congratulations to the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, They played a really good game. The only issue I had with the game overall was the fact that when the Rams missed that extra point, that cost me $125. So that was my only uh, negative for the game because I was on a football pot and that would have hit my numbers. But overall, it was a decent game. Uh, Again, congratulations to the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, I think Cincinnati Bengals they have a decent team, but they have to find a way to protect Joe Burrow. So in the offseason or in the draft, they definitely have to do something with that offensive line. But overall it was a, a really good game. So I'm not mad about it at all. Uh, with that said, I'll get into the halftime show and the nonsense that surrounded it after the fact. Um, I thought the halftime show was really good. It was very entertaining. Um, I wouldn't say it was the best that I've seen. I think Prince Michael Jackson was up there, but it was definitely one of the better ones that we've had in years, in my opinion. Um, But the controversy uh, from a certain segment of the population about the lack of diversity, it, it, it's just amazing to me that that these people even go there. So, the Halftime Show uh, featured a lot of R&B hip-hop artists, and Eminem was there as well. He's a hip-hop artist. But seeing all the comments about there being no white people or a lack of white representation uh, is astounding. It's not surprising, but it's astounding. If you look at the history of Super Bowl halftime performance, uh, Shakira J. Lo, the Rolling Stones, Imagine Dragons, nothing was discussed about the lack of representation from black people during those performances. But the funny thing is they talk about the lack of diversity in one halftime show uh, in a Super Bowl that happens once a year. But... We're in the midst of a lawsuit because of the lack of diversity in the coaching staff uh, in the NFL. That that's very ironic to me that these people talk about lack of diversity because you have 32 NFL teams and only one black head coach. Where's the diversity there? But yet the argument would be was well, are the black coaches qualified? Blah blah blah. But yet you get pissed off over. Uh, a halftime show that's geared more towards hip hop industry, R&B industry, and then uh, during the performance Eminem took a knee and to watch white people argue over why he took a knee was hilarious. Uh, Some said that he took a knee uh, in remembrance of Tupac because Dr. Dre was playing a Tupac song on the piano at the time. And others argue that he took a knee in uh, honor of Kaepernick. And for those who are Eminem fans, know that uh, Eminem spoke out in support of Colin Kaepernick a lot. So my opinion is he did it in honor of Colin Kaepernick and not Tupac. But he never said why he did it. But the fact that that was even an argument is ridiculous to me. And there were a lot of people that got upset that Eminem took a knee. So if you are upset that Eminem took a knee during the halftime performance and the national anthem was not playing at the time, it was never about the national anthem. It was about just protesting period. It was never about the anthem though. So all of these dumbasses can kick rocks. Oh, uh, Also, another thing that was pointed out to me, and I didn't notice at the time, but there was a Taco Bell commercial, and when I went back and watched it, I found it a little disturbing, a little racist, uh, and a little stereotypical, and it's very slight because, again, when I watched it the first time, I didn't even notice this, but the uh, commercial was this black kid and a black boy and a white girl they were getting dressed up I guess to go to a dance or something and the white girl's parents were there taking pictures but the black kid only had his mom there as if she was maybe a single parent or something like that and something like that on a nationally televised game of uh, what millions and millions of people will watch although that's subtle and again, I didn't even notice it when it happened. But that's just reinforcing a stereotype that's just um, not representative of black families. It's, it's basically showing a single mother, uh, no father around. And that's the stereotype that a lot of black families have. And although that does exist within a black community, it exists in a lot of communities, not just the black community, but the black community tends to be the spotlight of those negative stereotypes. And it was although it was subtle, it's still something that's ingrained uh, in us and the media and advertisements like that continue to push those stereotypes, whether they realize it or not. But I just found it interesting when it was pointed out. Um, And I don't think I'm reading too much into it. It's exactly what happened. And it is a stereotype uh, that the media perpetuates about the black family. And I don't think it's fair. Uh, One thing I have done also is accepted the fact that white people don't like us. And I'm not talking about all white people. Um, but there's a huge segment of population that just don't like black people. And it's not even just white people. It's people in general um, lack the understanding or the empathy for black people. And I say that because Kim Potter, the police officer who killed Dante Wright uh, when she mis- uh, mistook her gun for her taser and shot and killed him Um, she was sentenced last week to 24 months in jail um, basically only having to serve 16 months and she'll get to serve the rest of her time at home so she gets a year and a half for basically murder murdering this black young man Um, Dante Wright's family made a very emotional impact statement before sentencing and even after hearing the impact statement from the family she was only the judge only sentenced her to 24 months in jail or prison and the thing that got me was the judge showed more empathy for Kim Potter than she did the victim's family like the judge got emotional as she was sentencing Kim Potter saying that She doesn't think that, you know, it was a purposeful intention to kill Dante Wright. That may be all well and done, but serving less than two years for murdering somebody who will never be back, uh, will never be able to see their family or anything like that, again, is unconscionable. And the fact that she seemed to show more empathy and sympathy for the actual murderer than the victim's family. Um it's appalling, actually. And we continue to see stuff like this happen, when, especially when there are black victims. And it's we do not seem to get the same empathy um, or consideration that others get when it comes to the value of our life. And that's proven to us time and time again, um, especially when it comes to dealing with the police. Um, and then... There was a school in Indiana that sent a notice home to parents saying that their uh, white students can opt out of learning black history during February. So does that mean that every other month in school that black students can opt out of learning the other history? I mean, black history is part of history. And the fact that they're given the option to opt out of it is ridiculous but black students can't opt out of being taught history how is that even fair you know this is why I say that they just don't like us you know there was a a fight in the mall and it was a black young man and a white teenager fighting Um, apparently the story I read the white teenager was bullying somebody else and the black teenager stepped in to stop the bullying. And they got into a fight. Uh, the white kid was bigger than the black kid. And when the police showed up, the white kid was actually on top of the black kid. But the police pulled the white kid off, sat him on a couch, and jumped on the black kid and handcuffed him. And just let the white kid sit on the couch and just kind of chill out as they broke up the fight. So the police came and automatically assumed the black kid was the aggressor or in the wrong you know continually our race has proven to be um, a detriment to us when it comes to dealing with law enforcement because we're automatically seen as the bad guy as the aggressor and we're definitely treated differently and when you watch the video of that fight it's obvious that the white kid is on top of the black kid, but yet he's treated differently than the black kid. And it, it's just tiring. Um, also, I saw a story where there was a man in a grocery store shopping. He was approached by two officers and said that he fit the description of a shoplifter suspect. Okay, the man that was stopped was a 60-year-old black man in an orange jacket. The description of the suspect the police were there for was a white man in his 30s with a red jacket and an orange coat on. I'm sorry, a red jacket with a green uh, hoodie. So, how do you mistake a black man 60 years old in an orange coat for a white man in his mid 30s with a green jacket and a red hoodie? It's frustrating, Uh it's annoying, and I just don't see it getting any better because people are getting more and more extreme um, as time goes by. The laws are getting more extreme. Uh, The fact that, again, they're banning the teaching of slavery or critical race theory, which critical race theory is not even being taught in schools, it's college course, the fact that they're trying to whitewash history uh, is just crazy. And then with the Olympics going on, uh, Shakari Richardson, and I spoke about her during the Summer Olympics. She was the young lady, the sprinter uh, from Dallas, who was suspended and was not able to compete in the Summer Olympics because she failed a drug test because she tested positive for weed, which is not a uh, performance-enhancing drug. But in the Winter Olympics just a couple of weeks ago a Russian skater ice skater she tested positive for two banned substances that are performance enhancing drugs but she was allowed to compete. What's the difference? I mean it's sometimes the things are just so blatant uh, and obvious that you, know, you don't even have to say anything. But they justified letting this Russian girl skate and compete in Shakari Richardson. And even when the Shakari Richardson thing happened, I didn't defend her because she knew the rules. And she, you know, my thing was, I've never smoked weed, um, but weed doesn't seem to be as harmful. As other drugs. And again it's not a performance enhancing drug. So I didn't see the big deal personally. But you have somebody else. Test positive for two performance enhancing drugs. And still let them compete. Oh it's just crazy. And dead in life of a black person. Honestly. Uh oh. And then there was a story about a butterfly sanctuary in South Texas that had to close recently because there was a QAnon conspiracy theory that it was a front for human trafficking. And there had been credible threats against the people that worked there and the sanctuary itself. So the police recommended that they close. And QAnon, they're the same group that... Um, somebody went to a pizza shop in New York and shot somebody because it was a conspiracy that that was a front for human trafficking and uh, with no proof or anything like that. And it's starting to get really dangerous and scary dealing with these people. Uh, QAnon folks are the same ones that were in downtown Dallas, a few months ago in the rain, waiting for JFK Jr. to reappear and become Trump's vice president. And JFK Jr. died, I think, in 1999 in a plane crash. But the scary part is not the fact that they believe this nonsense. It's the fact that these people are starting to run for office. That's how we got Marjorie Taylor Greene. That's how we got Lauren Boebert. And if more of these people get into office, we are in trouble as a country. And I just read an article right before uh, started to record this to where a lot of these QAnon people are running for offices like Secretary of State because they help control the elections. And if these people win those positions, the United States will never be the same. They just, it, we are headed for doom big time if these people start winning elections because we do not want a country of people like Marjorie Taylor Greene in charge of elections or anything else. Um, I can't even imagine all of the damage that they could do and would do. And minorities would be in trouble big time. Uh, That's why it's important to get out and vote. We have primaries coming up uh, right now. Early voting is going on in Texas, and uh, but November is going to be very important. And I'm concerned because I still don't think the current administration has done enough to warrant votes, but then if we don't vote, we're going to be stuck with idiots like Marjorie Taylor Greene, Matt Gates, and Rick Santana, uh, the dude in Florida. I can't even think his name. But those kind of idiots. Uh, So I just think this country is in trouble as a whole. uh, they're just certain people I wish would just go away. One way or another. And I'll leave it at that. Um, And then there was a video of a black young lady that was on a Carnival cruise ship that was being detained by security on the ship and she was extremely irate uh, arguing and yelling and with the security and she was able to get away from them and she jumped overboard from the cruise ship into the ocean and the video didn't show her actually jump it showed the, what happened right before and what happened immediately after and you can see them throwing the, uh, the life rings or flotation devices overboard but they couldn't find her they turned the ship around to try to go back and, and locate her but they end up calling the search off because they could not find her body and I don't think people realize how um, bad that current is when you're around the cruise ship that uh, current that the cruise ship makes Will pull you under the ship, and I don't think there's any way she could have survived that. And it's very unfortunate uh, that that happened. And I feel sorry for her family, but that leads me to people taking responsibility for their actions. Um, I had a long talk with a a friend of mine last week, and I'm 47 years old, and at this point in life. I do not have time to coddle grown people over their mistakes. You know, you making mistakes, you making decisions that you know are bad decisions. And if you're looking for me for sympathy, you're not going to get it. You know, at 50 plus years old, almost 60 years old, these decisions that people are making is ridiculous. And I do not have the time... Or the capacity to coddle you. I'm just not. We're too old for this. You know, I can understand if you're in your 20s, even maybe early 30s. But at this point in life, you know what you're doing. You're constantly making these decisions and live with them. Um, I was told about this dude who had got a lot of of money. Um, His father passed away and he came into a lot of money. He stopped working and just started blowing his money. Giving people money and basically trying to buy friends. And now he's broke. I have zero sympathy for that dude. You knew what you were doing. I mean, if you chose to spend all your money and not have anything else coming in. Why am I going to have sympathy for that? Those are your decisions and you live with them. You know, I, I just, I can't coddle you. I just, I can't. I'm not going to it's ridiculous live with your decisions you made them live with them um and last I want to talk about Matthew Stafford uh earlier in the week when they had the Rams Super Bowl parade um a lady was taking a picture of Matthew Stafford and his wife and she fell off the stage and he saw her fall off the stage but he immediately turned around and walked away from her instead of trying to help her um He got a lot of flack for that, too. And I gave him flack for that, too, because I thought, you know, even though it wasn't his fault, she failed. I mean, just the human thing to do is is to try to help her. And it turns out that she cracked her spine. So once he started getting all the flack, he released a statement saying that he was going to pay her medical bills and things like that. But then a bunch of her old tweets came to light. And she's extremely racist there were a lot of tweets where she was calling people the N-word and just using that word um, as if it was part of her regular vocabulary. And now the question is does he go forward and pay for her bills a known racist? Does that mean he's supporting racism? Or does he not pay up? It wouldn't bother me either way. Uh, I kind of believe in karma. Not that I you know, I'm happy that she got hurt, but stuff happens, you know, you put bad in the world, sometimes bad will come back on you, Um, so that's an interesting predicament that Stafford is in, and I'm interested to see if he follows through, I think he probably will follow through since it's already been publicized that he's gonna do it, but uh, apparently she's gone through trying to scrub all of her social media too, because, You can try to scrub it, but once it's out there, it's out there. So we all know that you're a racist and that you love to use the N-word. So uh, it is what it is. And I'll get to the verbal middle finger. That goes to a man by the name of Calvin Crew in Pennsylvania. This fool called an Uber, uh, got a female Uber driver, and tried to rob her and ended up shooting her and killing her. And she had a dash cam uh, in her car and it shows her pleading for her life, talking about you know her family, her kids, and he shot and killed her anyway. Uh, Calvin Crew, you get the rubble middle finger. I'm glad you were arrested and I hope you spend the rest of your life in jail because you're a dumbass. And then the quote of, uh, for the week is, distance is my new response. I don't return energy. I just remove myself. And I agree with every word of that. So those are words to live by. Uh, I'm going to wrap it up for this week. So until next time, God bless.